Welcome and thanks for listening to the Franklin Road Baptist Church podcast. Thank you for taking the time to listen. This podcast consists of the preaching and teaching from the pulpit of Franklin Road Baptist Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Our prayer is that what you hear from this podcast will bless and encourage your Christian life as you seek to follow Him. We strongly believe there is no substitute for being a part of a thriving local church. If you're in the Murfreesboro area, we'd love to have you join us any Sunday or Wednesday. But if you are enjoying this preaching from somewhere else, we want to encourage you to find a Bible preaching church where you can grow and enjoy the fellowship of other Christians. If you're listening to this podcast and have never accepted Christ as your Savior, we would love nothing more than to help show you how you can have your eternity settled and begin your relationship with God. Feel free to visit us in person or online at frbc.com for more information. Now let's see what God has for us from His Word today. Make strong churches, and strong churches will make a strong nation. Somewhere in the line of all of that reasoning, there's been a disconnect. And I don't want to be marriages. And I don't want you to take your marriage for granted thinking, well, you've got it all together. Because uh, I think everyone, if you're honest, could uh, have a time of evaluation every year. And maybe you do it your own way, in your own place, and I get all that. But there's nothing like having a third party come and talk to you about your marriage. And the Ravens did just that. And we're grateful and thankful for that. Let's stand together, please. Also, for God's begotten of Him. I'll the begin reading verse number know, one, read down through verse number five. We take love text, the children uh, of God and, uh, as we consider of God uh, this and keep His commandments today. For this is the love of God, God one, that we keep His commandments. We serve a believer that Jesus is the Christ, is born of whatsoever God. is born of every God that overcometh Him that begat love. And this is the victory that overcometh the world even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. I draw your attention to our text today, verse number four. Let's read that out loud in unison together. Verse four, ready? For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. And that faith, of course, is discussed in this section. I want to speak on this subject this morning, how to win in life, how to win in life. Father, thank you for your word, and I pray you'll help me as I preach, and I ask you to give me, please, the fullness of thy Holy Spirit. I'm grateful and thankful for the day that I got saved, and your spirit came inside to indwell me just like he did every person here that's born again. We ask you to let your Spirit of God help me as I stand in the gap and make up the hedge. Then I ask you for my brothers and sisters in Christ that they'll allow the Holy Spirit to give them ready ears and to listen to the Word of God that's inspired today. Give us a wonderful time in your Scripture. Teach us from thy Word, we pray. And then if there's anyone here that's outside of that realm that I just spoke about, that they're not sure that heaven is their home, and they have not yet met the Son of God. I pray today that they'll trust you and be converted this day. In Jesus' name we ask, amen. Thank you. you. may be seated. I love the word victory. Don't you? I love it. Brothers of Tennessee volunteers, I was weak. Or the Atlanta Braves. 
That was a little better. I have a friend that he and his wife went on a big diet. I didn't know. I hadn't seen him several months. The man lost over 100 pounds. 100 pounds. I'm going to tell you, when you lose 100 pounds, that's a victory, man. And uh, he is so excited about it. He, he's posting pictures of he and his wife. I showed my wife their pictures the other day. It's online. I may have him in sometime. It's so exciting. He's wanting everybody to know about it. And I showed a picture of my wife. And I said, we don't even know these people. We've known them for years. And, uh, well, what a victory. I, I just, I love to see people win. You love to see people win. I don't care if it's a race. I don't care if it's in, in life or whatever. I just love to see people win. You, you may not believe this about me and my wife. I want to tell you a little secret. We love to see couples, husbands and wives, with a smile on their face. I just sucked all the air out of this place. We like to see them arm in arm every now and then, happy about being married and laughing together. We like that. Uh, but I love, I love the sound of victory. And we really, if we be honest, we, we love winners. Because it's Veterans Day, I went back and, and I looked at uh, just some victories. I, I'm old enough to remember um, when Johnny comes marching home again. And I'm old enough to remember when they taught history in school. The old ticker tape parades. I think it was May 8th, 1945, that the uh, treaty was signed and victory in Europe just a few days. It was reported that Hitler had taken his life. And a band of troops just rallied and it just swooped in on the Germans. And you and I don't speak German today because of that victory. And then uh, just a few months later, I think it was September the 2nd, the victory was won there. Uh, in Japan, and they signed the treaty on the USS Missouri. What a wonderful day that was. It makes the kind of the hair stand up on the back of my head when I think about how America would not be here had these soldiers not fought for our freedoms. Now, how many of you thank God for those victories? I think this, this idea of victory, when we think about it, is a, a wonderful, wonderful thing. Yet many people feel so defeated in life. They've allowed certain uh, situations to completely take them over. And uh, I don't want you to be that way. I have some good news this morning. The Bible says that there is a crowd of people that are living right now that are going to literally overcome the world. We just read that. There's a crowd of people living right now, and I believe that many of them are sitting right in this room right now, that no matter how bad things are, you will overcome this world. And I know it's a mess, and I know that everything seems to be thrown up in the air, <laughs> but I also want to tell you uh, who they are, and I'm going to do that in just a moment. <laughs> There's a crowd of people mentioned in the Bible that overcame trials and difficulties in their life, and they made it all the way to glory. I'm going to tell you who they are. And I want you to be a winner. I want you to be part of that crowd. I uh, walked in the auditorium this morning, and I, I saw uh, many of our veterans had on their uniforms, and I saw some of you getting out of your car, and man, I just got excited about what that uniform represents. It represents uh, the proudness, of course, of fighting for our country, but it represents a victory in that fight, whatever it was. We're still here as a nation because of all that. You say, who are these people that's going to win in life? I want you to write this down. I want you to see if you're part of this crowd. Number one, they are born of God, the Bible says. 
these conquerors, these victors, these that overcome, uh, the, they're identified in verse 1. They are born of God. Whosoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. How many of you say, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Savior of this world? <laughs> right there identifies you. You're identified as the crowd that's born of God, that believe that Jesus is God's Son, that he was the Christ or the Messiah. The, uh, the people who uh, won back in the Old Testament and in New Testament days uh, are, and the people living right now are the ones who have put their faith and trust in Christ. It is the people of the Old Testament who believe that God had a son who was prophesied, who was the promised Messiah. That's why that word is used there. And he was also not just Jesus, but he was, he was the Christ. And uh, they are the ones that believe that. And they proved that and demonstrated uh, that he was the Christ to come, the Messiah, every time they made a blood sacrifice in the Old Testament. I'm talking about from Genesis where, where, where uh, God made that first sacrifice of that animal when man sinned all the way through Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, all the way to the time that Jesus Christ came and shed his blood for us on Calvary. That group of people that look forward to the cross are born of God. And the people after the cross that believe that Jesus Christ was our blood sacrifice are born of God. They're, they're a child of God. They're God's offspring. They're in the family of God. Right now, I just feel like singing, I'm so glad I'm part of the family of God. How many are glad you're part of the family of God? Born of God. In this age of grace, the winners are those who have put their faith and trust in the finished work of Calvary. We love God, the Bible says. Look at the verse, whosoever believeth that Jesus is born of God, and everyone that loveth him, that begat, loveth him also, that is begotten. So we're validating. Who is this crowd that's going to be victors? Who is this crowd that's going to win in life? Well, they're born of God. We believe that Jesus Christ is God's Son. Also, we love God, and we worship him as our Creator and Father. We love God. Verse uh, 1 and verse 2, we love the children of God. We've already covered this, but one way we demonstrate that we're of God and we're born of God and we believe in God is that we love the brethren. This is the family of God. And so uh, we live to worship him. I was thinking coming in this morning uh, how my wife and I, we were praying, just driving to church. We're asking God a couple of things. We do it every Sunday morning. We've already prayed, had our time of prayer. But as we come up to the house of God, we ask God to keep down distractions. We ask God to let people genuinely worship God in song and in offering. When you lay your offering in, as we fellowship together and hear the preaching, it's just kind of how it all rolls. Anyway, that's the same. We're not out here. What's the word by this? We know that we love the children of God. This is this is what we're supposed to do. We keep the commandments of God. That's what a Christian do. Can someone say amen? The word means we observe and protect. Would you write that down somewhere? A child of God fully understands that God's commandments are for our good. They do not change. God's commandments do not change. So, therefore, 
We have the responsibility to guard his words and pass them down to each generation. Let me just say this again. God's word does not change. Now, I know that all around us that our doctrines and philosophies and the great truths of God are being torn down. I understand that. But you ought to double down on that as a born-again Christian and say, well, I'm not going to let that happen to me. Just because the generations have changed, changed or just because, because the culture changed, changed doesn't mean that God has changed. Also the because God has changed, moreover, by and His word, His servant Warren, and, and so we understand His great reward. I just, uh, I just feel like that some today that are born of God do not feel like winners because they've taken the commandments of God and chucked them. And when you do that, you're walking away from your great heritage of being a child of God. That's exactly what the prodigal did when he got his inheritance and left the father's home. And he didn't get it right till he went back to the father's house. And let me just say today, there may be some getting back that some of you need to do and say, I, I wasn't taught this way. I'm going back to what I've always believed. I'm not talking about getting born again. Again, you're born again one time. I'm talking about getting back to what you believe. Let me, this is, he, he puts it down here. Look what he says. For, verse 3, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. That means they're not burdensome. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 says, Jesus says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I mean, there's Christians that think, they, 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 get, they get saved, and then they find out what the Bible says, and then they just act like, well, I didn't sign up for all that. And when it comes to being a Christian, you didn't sign up to obey all the commandments of God in order to be saved. But understand, that's what the Christian life's all about. You see, you can live your life defeated or you can live your life as a winner, victorious, by keeping the commands of God. I'll just tell you this. Uh, the Bible tells you how to have a good marriage. The Bible tells you how to take care of your finances. The Bible tells you how to raise your kids. Amen. The Bible tells you how to get along with other people. You can take the Bible and just do away with all of it and you'll be miserable as a Christian. And God is telling us, if you're going to be a winner, then be born of God, make sure you're safe, and then just obey God. His commands are not grievous. God's commands are not burdensome. God's commands are not in the way of a Christian. Listen to me. God's commands are definitely in the way of the unsaved world. Non-believers are regularly finding new ways to break God's commands and to completely do away with them. That's going on right now. It's in progress right now. God's commandments are irksome and bothersome to a liberal carnal Christian. Christians just want heaven. They want a fire escape from hell, and, and they want to live and let live in this world. God's commandments bug them, convict them, well, I know that's what that says, but I, I, don't, I don't plan on measuring up to that. Whatever happened to the old song, Take the World But Give Me Jesus? For a born-again Christian, for a person born of God, his word is a delight. The Bible's not grievous. The psalmist said, sweeter than honey and the honeycomb. Years ago, my grandpa Turner had bees behind his house. I can tell you a lot of stories about those beehives, but I remember Grandpa 
robbing those bees and bringing that honey in. I remember my grandpa Turner, she always kept a chunk of butter right out in the middle of the table. It'd get real soft in the middle of the day. Kept a jar of honey there, kept molasses there, kept old cold biscuits. Granny would get up every morning and make biscuits, and then she'd leave them biscuits and put them under some wax paper there on a plate. I remember we were playing, and we'd just come running through that kitchen. We'd grab one of them biscuits, and we'd, we'd get a little bit of honey. Have you ever, if you've never done this, you need to do it. Have you ever taken honey and whipped up cow butter, not margarine? That stuff will kill you. It gets in you and it never gets out. Put that, I don't know what butter does, but it probably don't get out either. But, but take that butter, whip that butter up in honey. Now you can have honey and you can have butter. I like both. I, I, my wife don't know this, but every now and then if she happens to leave the butter out and it gets soft, I get me a chocolate chip cookie and I spread butter on top of it. <laughs> You, did you know I did that? She caught me doing it the other day. She said, what are you doing? I said, I'm icing. I'm icing this cookie. How many understand that everything's better with butter? <laughs> I mean, it just is. I love butter. I, my grandkids eat it raw. They love it. Everybody all right right now? How many ever, how many ever whipped up honey and butter? Boy, glory to God. It's wonderful. Every now and then, Grandpa would clean those little trays that slid out of those, those beehives, and he'd, uh, he'd poke those, uh, that honeycomb out of there. And some of you old-timers know what I'm talking about. And we'd get that wax, and we'd wad that up, and we'd put her in our jaw like tobacco. I'm not saying you ever put in your jaw like tobacco, but has anybody ever, have anybody ever sucked on the honeycomb? Okay, let me see if some of you younger people see if I... I'm not for trick-or-treat or anything like that, but I remember those days when they had those little wax lips and they put Kool-Aid in those wax lips. How many remember that? Okay, that was pretty gross, wasn't it? And the only time you got it was during that time because people didn't know what to get people. But it wasn't nothing like that old, that old honeycomb. Now that's what the Bible says, that the Word of God and the commandments of God should be to a Christian. They're not grievous. God puts it down there and says, hey, whatever you want, Lord, this is cool. Let's do this. Let's maybe not have a marriage like the world has. Let's have one like God wants. Let's maybe not raise our kids like the world. Let's just raise them like God wants. Let's, let's go to church like you tell us. There's just some, is everybody with me right now? Uh, say, what's this all about? I want you to win in life. I want you to be a conqueror. I want you to end this life victorious. Number one, we understand that they're, they are uh, these people that are winners are born of God. Number two, uh, they obey the commandments of God. Number three, and I'm finished, but it's a long number three, so hang on. Number three, they're believers by faith. They're believers by faith. Look at verse four. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. And that's found in verse five. Who is, who is he that overcometh? Here's who they are. He explains it. But he that believeth on that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Now, I've already asked you this. I'm going to ask you again. How many believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? All right. Now, you, you've got the first one carved out. I'm born of God, and I believe that by faith. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. But this matter of faith is a big thing. He says, even our faith, faith, which begins the moment of our conversion, is the method that God uses for victory in our life. How's your faith right now? 
I'm not talking about are you saved or not. I'm talking about are you living by faith. The Bible says this, Romans chapter 8, verse 37. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Second uh, uh, Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. Our triumph, our victory is always through Jesus Christ. Faith, when it is exercised, becomes the most powerful motivating factor a human being can ever experience. Once you hold your place here and just turn quickly back to Hebrews chapter 11. I'll not be long, Hebrews chapter 11. You know exactly where I'm going. I said this, faith, when it is exercised, becomes the most powerful motivating factor a human being can ever experience. In chapter 11, we have the wonderful faith chapter it starts out when Noah built the ark. How many are saying it never rained? The man had no idea about a flood. He had no concept of a flood. But by faith, he spent all those years building the ark and preaching, telling folks that God was going to destroy the earth with the flood. By faith, Abraham believed in a city, the Bible says, whose builder, verse 10, and maker is God. We find out now in the New Testament some things that Abraham believed in the Old Testament. Abraham, what drove that man to leave a country, leave his family and everybody to go to a place he'd never gone before. He said the motivating factor here is he believed that God had a place out there that he was building. It gets better. This matter uh, of faith uh, takes us down through the, the promises uh, that uh, Verse 13, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were, they were strangers and pilgrims on earth. It goes down and talks about Isaac and Jacob. And look at Joseph, verse 22, that uh, before he died, he gave commandment concerning his bones. What was that all about? Well, that was a, an old man that God had taken from the prison to the pinnacle and put him there, second in command of Pharaoh and, and for a purpose. And, and before he died, he got all his brothers, all his family together and fed them all. Said, now, boys, we're headed to the promised land. And they said, well, we've heard about all. No, 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 we're going to go. And I'm going to die. And I want you to know that I'm going to die before I get there and I want you to do this I want you to promise me on his deathbed you promise me that whenever y'all pick up and leave out of Egypt to go to that promised land you get my bones out of that grave and you put them in a box and you make sure they don't bury me in this pagan country you bury me over in the promised land you understand me and by the way you take your Bibles and go to Joshua chapter 24 verse 32 and you'll find that's exactly what they did for 40 years and all those years of fighting they finally got his bones and they buried them in Shechem just like they said you say why did he say that I'm going to tell you why he said that because he had faith hey ladies and gentlemen you and I are not going to be on this earth forever we're headed to another place called heaven how many all believe that we ought to be building our faith right now. Oh, it gets better. It goes on and talks about uh, Moses there uh, leaving uh, Egypt. It talks about uh, how he forsook, look at verse 27, by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king that is Pharaoh, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Well, what's that all about? I believe that Moses, the Bible says, talked with God as a man talketh face to face. This man had such faith he could literally see God and talk to God. We ought to thank God for that. It gets better. Many other heroes of faith 
found in verse uh, uh, 30 talks about the Jericho and the walls that fell down marching seven times. You tell me what marching around a city seven times has to do with them walls falling down. Not a thing. Faith in God. And by the way, some of you right now has got some walls built up. And you ought to be by faith marching around those things right now in prayer, asking God to bring them down. How's your faith today? I'm just telling you, I want you to be a winner. I want you to make it in life. I want you to be victorious, and God's given us a plan uh, by faith. And then it talks about uh, uh, verse 32. How should we say more about Gideon and Barak and Samson and Japheth and David with the Goliath and Samuel and all those things? Watch this now. Who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence with fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to, light, uh, turned to fight the enemies uh, of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again, and others were tortured, accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection, and others by trial and cruel mockings and scourgings and bonds of imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn as Sunder, they were tempted, slain with the sword, wandered about in sheepskins, goatskins, destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. What does that mean? That means these folks walked by faith and they were winners. We whine about the fact that we've got something stuck on a boat out in the middle of an ocean. Not going to be over by hairspray for Christmas. That might be a good thing. Unless you've got a potato gun and that's what you use for the. Anyway. Got to have hairspray for that. How's your faith? Is it growing? I want you to be a winner. Faith, when it is exercised, becomes the most powerful, motivating factor a human being can ever experience. When's the last time you ever dreamed anything? A lot of stuff going through my brain right now. You think things just pop up? Just happen? God responds to our faith. We have a song in our hymn book, Faith is a Victory. I want to read the last stanza. To him that overcomes the foe, white raiment shall be given. Before the angels he shall know his name confessed in heaven. Then onward from the hill of light, our hearts with love aflame will vanquish all the host of night in Jesus' conquering name. Faith is the victory. Faith is the victory. Oh, glorious victory that overcomes the world. Don't miss this. You're saved. You're born of God. Boom. Done. Name written in heaven. And you did that by faith. The average Christian stops. Boom. Commandments of God come along. Well, that's for the preacher and his staff. That's for the deacons. That's for Sunday school teachers. That's not for me. I mean, I work down here at the plant, and I got all this done. I work, I drive Nashville. None of that's for me. No, no, no. All of it's for you if you want to win in life matter of faith oh we want the preacher's faith to grow 
We want him to be able to tear down walls. We want him to charge and, and to hell with a squirt gun to move forward. We want him to be powerful and full of all kinds of faith. You know what I want? I want you to have that same kind of faith. I want you to think and believe that with God's help, you can break through the walls and barriers of this life. Faith is a victory. Our faith makes us overcomers in this life. Three thoughts and I'm finished. We overcome hell the moment we get saved. Let me thank God for that one. We can overcome heartache by faith. I was thinking about this today and anticipating Veterans Day and I thought about all the mothers that had to say goodbye to their soldier when they went to war and their soldiers that didn't come home and the heartache years ago my wife and I were on vacation and we finally went to the USS North Carolina I think it is it's harbored there in Wilmington long time ago and uh, we took the tour on, on the ship and they took us down in the, in, the, in the belly of that ship where the troops, it was the same type of ship that my, my father-in-law uh, would have been on. He was a gunner. And then he was a gunner right next to where the pilot house was. And he got so good at shooting those planes down that the captain let him come in and steer the ship. So when he finished up, he was a steersman. And he used to tell us those stories. Never forget. I'm a man, I was wrapped up in all of it, man. I thought this was good. I got in those gun turrets and all of that stuff, and this is so cool. We got down in the where the troops slept at night. We walked in there, wasn't quite quite ready for it. It wasn't no five star hotel. It was chain bunks stacked about that far apart. One, two, three, four. No mattress, just a rail with link chains. I looked at my wife, and she was crying. I said, honey, why are you crying? She said, I, never th- I wasn't ready for this. I never thought about my daddy sleeping like that. And I never forgot that. And I thought about every wife that had to say goodbye every mother that had to say goodbye and I can tell you this you say how did they get through I'm going to tell you how they got through back then by the way they knew how to have church they had a strong faith in God and they gathered around each other and they helped each other what a wonderful time it was I remember seeing pictures right there of little Ripley West Virginia where I was raised and and there was this picture of a there's this picture of a big old, big old pile of scrap iron. And, and my dad told me that back in those days when the war was going on, they had to get all the iron they could get to make weapons and, and armory and all of that. And people bring them in, they'd take them somewhere and they'd melt that down and make weapons and artillery out of it. Everybody just kind of pitched together. Our nation doesn't know what that is. Let me just say this. Our church needs to know what that is, but they don't know what that is. The cooperation back in those days was enormous. And I'm going to tell you when you won, the victory shout was, was enormous as well. 
When Johnny came home, Brother Kramer and I was just talking. He said, when I was a kid growing up, he said, my grandpa used to tell me about, uh, about uh, uh, when they came home from World War I, and he said there where they lived in Iowa, his grandpa lived there, he said they'd kill the fatted calf and everybody would come out and party because all the soldier boys from that area were coming home. There was a victory. There was a, there was a win. And I tell you that the church needs to win again. And Christians need to win again. And we need to acknowledge where that win came from. It didn't come from any of our ability. It came from Almighty God. I'm just saying today that we can grow our faith to where God can get us through hardship. God can get us through heartache. And I thought about how we can overcome hardship. Brother Bishop, Brother John Bishop. How many of y'all know Brother Bishop? Could you throw your hand up? Because most of all of you know him. He's out of our church. And I mean, everything in the world that could have ever happened to him happened to him, and, and he, he got that meningitis and lost his memory, lost his ability to walk and talk and all those things, and, and most of you know the story, and his wife helped him back. We've had him here many times. He's not well now. The reason why we have not had him is he has a hard time. The pulpit has been very sick, but he just called me. We talk just about every week, and he called me the other day. He said, Preacher? starting to study the Bible again I can understand it pulled out some old notes y'all know how he talks preacher just want to leave you with this today you know them three Hebrew children I said yes sir I do did you know right there in the Bible where it says that there's a fourth man walking around he looked like Jesus I said yep four men in there preacher I said yep (laughs) he said I wrote down in my Bible just three men walked out. I said, yeah, that's right. Just three men, preacher. I said, right. He said, you know what that means? I said, what? It means Jesus still in the fire. I thought, well, where are you going with this? He said, you're going to get in fire, preacher. Jesus already in there. <laughs> you're going to get in trouble someday. Jesus already in there. You say, why is that? He's already victorious. And he wants you to win. We aren't fighting for the victory. We're fighting from victory. The battle's already won. Let's bow our heads. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. I want to ask you a couple of questions. Are you born of God? Number one, are you born of God? Are you born of God? Do you know for sure that heaven's your home? Number two, are you obedient to God? You're saved. Are you living for God? Or just, are you just disregarding the word of God? number three are you living in that faith that vein of faith that the overcomer wins let's stand together please with our heads bowed or eyes closed today if you're not sure that heaven's your home we'll have somebody standing on the end of each aisle with a bible in their hand they'll take that bible today and show you how you can know for sure you're going to heaven we'd love to help you with that they'll play softly here We want you to be born of God, born again. That happens when you believe in Jesus Christ. Today, would you do that? Would you come? This morning, if you've been saved, let me ask you. Do you want to be a winner? Are you willing to follow the pattern found in Scripture? Today, if you've not been saved, we'd love to have you come. Today, if you've been saved, not been baptized, we'd love to help you with that. These men will walk you through every bit of it if you've not been baptized. 
Baptism is not salvation, but it is the first step of obedience for every believer. And we want you to come. Today, if you've been saved and baptized, you want to join our church, we invite you to come. Maybe there's something you want to pray about. Father, this day, we ask you, please, for your help. This day, Lord, we ask you, please, let us have a desire to be overcomers. Have a desire to be victorious. Lord, whatever we're going through right now, you want to help us win. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This altar is open. As we sing, you come. Would you do that? Give me Jesus. All its joys are but a name. But his love abideth ever through eternal years the same. Oh, the height and depth of mercy. Oh, the length and breadth of love. Oh, the fullness of redemption, pledge of endless life of Our heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Let me just ask this question right now. Who just be honest and say, Preacher, I got something I'm dealing with right now, or I got something coming up. I just need a win. Would you lift your hand? I just need a win. Would you lift your hand? Put up real high. God bless you. Thank you. All of us have things we're going through right now. Take just a moment and tell the Lord, Lord, I, I, want, I want to be an overcomer. I don't want this to drag me down. I need a victory.